it seems like the convention season that never ends. Our guest on the Crosstalk on WIZM to uh, look at the, I don't know, month-long. Oh, no, it hasn't been that long. It just seems like it. The DNC went on for a very long time. The RNC isn't over yet. The Vice President Pence. Last night, uh, President Trump tonight. Our guest, Dr. Anthony Chergosky, a political scientist at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. Uh, what do you think of day or night three of the RNC, Anthony? Yeah, you're right, Mike. feels like the DNC lasted for about two months, and I think we're entering about a month and a half right now of the RNC. Well, I, uh, but- I, I wonder if we'll get together tomorrow morning and uh, President Trump will still be accepting the nomination. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, Mike, if there's one thing President Trump just hates, it's airtime on TV. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, he'll be hard-pressed to but, give it up. Yeah. You know, you know, Mike, uh, when I was thinking about last night, it was, I think, a pretty typical night of a political convention in a convention that has been anything but typical. Yeah, I think night two, they pulled out all the stops, you know, in terms of the part issuing a pardon during a political convention and the naturalization ceremony, Mike Pompeo speaking from Israel. It was a really remarkable, in many ways, night number two of the RNC. And so I thought that uh, night number three was a bit of a return to normalcy in the normal format. So what you're saying? Kind of the tra- traditional lineup of speeches, and I, I thought a pretty typical and uh, conventional speech by Mike Pence. So what you're saying is night two was kind of exciting because everything was different. Night three was really boring because everything was typical. You know, I think from this president, we've come to be bored by the typical. And I think that night number three really was typical, Mike. You saw a lot of focus on kind of the signature issues of the Republican Party, kind of like the religious conservatism, school choice, the the priority on military strength. I thought that Pence's speech was interesting in a number of ways because he offered a very spirited defense of President Trump's handling of of COVID. And he also picked up on some of the themes that Melania Trump talked about on Tuesday, really grieving with the American people, mourning with the American people, and just being honest about the traumatic and very difficult time that this has been. Uh, And, Mike, what stuck out to me there is that President Trump's approval rating on the coronavirus is lower than his approval rating on the economy. And so I think that Mike Pence was in many ways responding to that by focusing on the coronavirus, because if President Trump's approval rating on the coronavirus were to improve, then President Trump's overall chances of winning the election would improve right along with it. So that's where he's got to go. He's got to improve his coronavirus uh, uh, attitude and and dealing with at least letting know the uh, letting the American people know that he's doing something besides getting in the way of uh, with uh, with superfluous information on on uh, vaccines and on treatments that are not going to be approved anytime soon. Uh, hydroxychloroquine was 
was uh, one that was talked about a lot, and now we've got uh, and still isn't a widely used, approved medication for COVID. We heard about the antibodies, and it's going to be the do-all, end-all. Then the doctor says, oh, wait a minute. No, I may have misinterpreted the information. Please don't think that this is going to be the do-all, end-all. And I'm sure when there's a vaccine out, it will be, uh, I would guess, released while President Trump is still president. And uh, it will be talked about as the do-all, end-all. And we all know that a lot of people in America aren't going to get the vaccine, even if somebody says it's a guarantee you won't get COVID. Mike, there's so much conflicting information out there about COVID, as you just referenced. And it seems like everyone has become an expert nowadays on infectious diseases. It's just because people don't know really what's true and what's not. And, Mike, that is exactly what I'm going to be watching for tonight as President Trump gives his address. You know, I'm sure that he will offer a strong defense of his record on the economy because that is his strongest issue. So it makes sense for him to emphasize that issue. But in addition to emphasizing his strongest issue, he also needs to improve his standing on the coronavirus. And so I will be paying very close attention to the type of tone and the type of message that he strikes on COVID when he speaks tonight. There will be uh, less speakers tonight other than the president, so we may have a little more time to address professional athletes usurping your spot as a political scientist and a commentator <laughs> uh, by uh, simply saying, I know I'm a professional basketball player, but we're stepping down. We are not going to play. Uh, baseball does the same thing. The WNBA, everybody uh, not doing what they do for a living uh, to uh, support uh, efforts in Kenosha to to uh, force change. Uh, at least the athletes weren't throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails, just not doing their job. Uh, I got to talk more about that tomorrow. I appreciate Anthony Trigoski, you spending time with us this morning. I, I still, I'm not sure how I feel. You're allowed to have your opinion, to share your opinion, but I'm not going to do my job because I'm really mad about something that happened way over there, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about that. Make your make your point. You know, an armband or people's names on your jersey, and there was a lot of that going on. But not play at all. I don't know. Maybe they felt more positive about that because the only people impacted uh, are considerably fewer people impacted because there's no fans in the stands, right? Dr. Anthony Trigoski, thanks. We'll talk tomorrow again.